step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Northwell Health presents Hanging Out Men's Health Radio with Drs. Richstone and Blacksburg. The doctors are in and will be discussing anything and everything, sometimes unfiltered, for all things men's health. Now, it's time to hang out with the doctors. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Hanging Out Radio with your host, Dr. Lee Richstone, Dr. Seth Blacksburg. We're coming to you live from Lenox Hill Hospital and Northwell Health to promote men's health and happy Easter and good uh, Pesach to you for those out there celebrating Easter and Passover. We're, we're hoping you have a, a wonderful, you've had a wonderful holiday and are having a ho- wonderful holiday today. Seth, how are you? I am doing well, Lee. I had a, a, a great weekend with uh, family and friends, and uh, yeah, it was just a wonderful time. How are you doing? Yeah, everything's good. It's a bright and sunny day. I wish it was a little warmer here in New York, but it's a beautiful day, and also some great times uh, with the family this weekend, so things are going well. we got a good topic today, I think, something that all men at one point in their lives have thought about or will think about or considered doing or have done, and that is vasectomy. Yeah. At, um, at my family event, somebody even brought it up to me as, uh, you know, what do you think about this? Or, you know, they had a friend who had recently had to perform, so it's a great topic for today. Nothing makes a satyr like a good discussion of a vasectomy. It's, uh, you know, it's just, it's apt. Speaking it of the holiday, though, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, the holiday, though, you know, Passover is a time to think about oppression, you know, and, and the Israelites uh, being liberated from Egypt. And it's an important time to think about other oppressed peoples. So our family, actually, my children, uh, uh, which was really sweet. They they were the first to bring up immediately when we were reading about this and, and going through the Seder. They brought up uh, the plight of the Ukrainians at this point in time in history. And so we think of them and hope that uh, the Ukrainian people are liberated and safe and healthy. Uh, some terrible things going on. Hmm. That's meaningful. That's really nice. We had... Uh... You know, we had a meaningful Passover, but um, I don't know if we spent it as introspectively as that. We uh, we were at a hotel. Um, we had a big gathering, um, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a, a traditional Indian wedding next door. And at mm-hmm. some point, there was intermingling and um, I think a lot of revelry, mutual revelry. So it was a, a nice exchange of, of culture. Cool. So let's dive yeah. into vasectomy. Let's do it. Let's get what into it. it. We're also going to have a special guest, by the way. One of my patients, we'll get to this in the, in the uh, back nine of the, of the morning, but one of my patients is going to call in and we'll not only get some of the medical aspects of it from a couple of docs like you and you and I, the nutty professors, but we'll have a patient talk to us about his experience. So, uh, Lee, what is a vasectomy? Can we talk about the anatomy, the vast yeah. difference? Let's go into it. Yeah, way back in the beginning of our radio programming days, you and I, we talked about the male anatomy. But briefly to review, the testicles 
make the sperm. So that's the sperm factory and production site. And then when they leave there, they go to the epididymis, which is uh, a structure that sits on top of the testicle. A lot of times I've seen patients come in and, you know, men don't always know their own anatomy. We don't get a good training, you know, uh, in, in the health class as kids. But they often mistake that top part of the testicle, the epididymis, as a tumor or a mass. But, and it, but they, they kind of also say, I think it might be my normal part, but I'm not sure. That's very common. But anyway, the epididymis is a, a structure that sits on top of the testicle and the sperm gain their final functions there. They learn how to swim, quote unquote. They gain their motility and they're fully matured there and they, they're stored there until ejaculation. And then they go through the body and tail of the epididymis and then into the vas deferens. So the vas deferens, vas for vasectomy, is the key structure we're going to talk about now. And that tube goes from the epididymis in the vas deferens and then all and then this the sperm kind of join the rest of the ejaculate fluid that's coming from the prostate and the seminal vesicles and then it's out so a vasectomy is a cutting a clipping a tying it's of the vas deferens you're blocking that tube and if that tube is blocked then the sperm can't leave the testicle they're or the epididymis, I should say. One of the things that people ask all the time is, well, what happens to them? If they can't get leave, leave there and they're trapped, what happens? The sperm actually die and they're reabsorbed by the epididymis back into the body and broken down, which happens anyway. I mean, we are constantly, constantly making sperm and they're not always ejaculated or used and our bodies typically, you know, they, they, they do resorb sperm anyway, but now they just do it all the time once the vasectomy is performed. Mm. So what's what's actually done? It's, you said it was clipped? So there are different ways to do it, but a very, very small incision is made in the scrotal skin. Uh, sometimes there's no cut. It's almost just like a puncture. You just kind of puncture and spread the skin right onto the vas deferens, this tube, which the urologist isolates between their fingers. It feels almost like a piece of linguine. Uh, it's got that kind of size, shape, and structure and feel. And you, you make that little incision or puncture right onto the tube. The tube is brought up and visualized. It is severed. It's cut. It's cut in half. And then there are different ways to do it. It could be tied. It could be clipped. Sometimes a little piece is even removed. Like you'll remove a short segment of it to be even more competent, uh, confident that it's been disrupted and you know it's not in continuity anymore. Um, sometimes it's cauterized, so it's cut clipped. Maybe they buzz the end of it to try to close the lumen, the hollow center. So there are different ways to do it. Different surgeons, urologists, you know, have their own ways of doing this. But essentially, that's it. It's dunked back down in and the skin is closed with a, a little absorbable stitch and it's over. Mm. Is it a pretty quick surgery? Do you do it inpatient, outpatient? It's done in the office. 10, wow. 15 minutes. It really is a wow. quick thing. Yeah, it's really it's really pretty quick. A little bit of local anesthesia is given, so you lie down, they clean the area, put a drape over you, and then a needle is used just to inject some local anesthesia medicine. Like if you go to the dentist and they put a needle in your cheek and they shake your cheek and you know you squeeze it and you feel that burn for a second, then the whole cheek is numb. It's that type of thing, just a needle prick, and then you know the whole thing takes ten minutes. Wow. Is, can folks just sort of drive in and drive home? Are there any <laughs> bandages that they have? I, I like that idea of a drive-in vasectomy center, yeah. like McDonald's. <laughs> but 
it's not quite as, as straightforward and simple, but almost. It really is a, a, a quick uh, procedure. It's certainly quicker and, and it's way more simple than a tubal ligation, let's say, for women. And women generally bear the brunt of, of contraception in this country, right? It's, it's just way more common for women to be um, taking the pill, which has side effects and hormonal changes. There's IUDs, there's, you know, uh, there's diaphragms, and then tubal ligation. Tubal ligation is more involved. I mean, in terms of the surgery involved, going into the abdomen, uh, the anesthesia is more significant. You know, the potential for risk complications and side effects is more significant. Um, but for men, this really is simple. You go and you see the urologist, you get counseled. Typically there's a consent process there. I shouldn't say typically there always is a consent (laughs) process because you have to be read the risks and benefits of this. You have to express understanding that. And typically in, you know, New York state, it's mandatory to have a 30 day, uh, period wait period from the signing of consent to the time that you actually do it. You have to chill out for 30 days, Wow! Uh, giving the patient time to be 100% positive that they want to do this. So there's no question of, you know, forced sterility or coercion for sterility or, you know, any kind of research where, you know, some, you know, uh, population is being uh, violated, you know, and, and sterilized. And there was stuff like this that happened in this country terribly so. So Jeez. it's a way to protect folks and make sure that they're confident in their decision, doing the right thing. Then you come back for the second appointment and it takes 10, 15 minutes and you go home. If um, if asking about what happens to the sperm is the most common question, I would imagine that the second most common may be when can I engage in sexual activity? Yeah, that, that certainly uh, is a very common question. And But there, there's two elements to that question is when can you have sex and when can you have unprotected sex? And they are definitely different. So, you know, what a urologist will advise a patient can vary in terms of uh, the former, meaning when can you have sex uh, using additional levels of contraception like a condom or partner still on, on the pill or whatnot or any other form of contraception. And I would say most folks would say week to 10 days, you know, something like that. Part of it is just up to the patient when they, you know, feel comfortable, they don't have soreness, uh, or any bruising and they just they feel up to it but you want the incision just to remain clean and dry and heal up it's even though it's this tiny tiny incision so I'd say maybe a week in terms of when you can have unprotected sex and feel confident that the procedure worked that's typically two to three months and a semen analysis is performed so the patient does have to provide a semen sample, which is then analyzed under the microscope to ensure that there is no sperm in it. Because if you get the vasectomy on Friday, for the next number of days or weeks, there certainly can still be sperm in the ejaculate that are kind of still in the system. You know, they were in the part of the vas deferens that was, you know, uh, distal to where the vas deferens was cut. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So you give it some time for like the system to clear. Semen analysis usually it's six to twelve weeks uh, later, and then once that's clear, there's no sperm in the ejaculate. Then it's game on. Wow, how effective is <laughs> is the procedure overall? Extremely. You're talking ninety nine percent plus. So it is an extremely effective form of contraception. I mean, uh, you know, 
beat only probably by by abstinence. Uh, it's very, very, very effective. So, <laughs> how effective you know, it is works. Right. <laughs> does yeah, the exactly, effectiveness right. does the effectiveness decrease over time? Like, is it something where it's super effective and then over time? Uh, somehow there's a, like a recanalization or sort of any change or healing process, or is it pretty much like a permanent thing? It's it's considered a permanent procedure, and patients certainly, when we counsel patients about getting a vasectomy, we want them to consider it a permanent procedure. Right. Because although a reversal of a vasectomy can be performed, it's more complicated. You're talking about a two, three-hour operation at that point, and general anesthesia is typically but not always given for that. It's more involved. And the success rates are just not 100%. Uh, so can it be reversed? Yes. But it's not as simple as, let's say, you disconnect some plumbing line in your house and the plumber could say, yeah, I'll put it back together again, period, the end. Or, um, yeah. or disconnecting some electrical wiring and it's just, yeah, I'll put it back together, no problem. The success rates of a reversal, first of all, they vary depending on how long ago was the vasectomy? You know, if it's if your vasectomy was 20 years ago, the reversal won't be as successful, or the rate that the likelihood of successful reversal won't be as high as if your vasectomy was six years ago. So there's some factors like that. There, um, there's different ways that that a urologist may need to put the tubes back together again. Sometimes it is as simple as putting back. The, the vast deferens back to the vast deferens. When, when I say simple, that's not so simple. It's a, it's a microsurgical procedure. You're lining up these tubes. You're using suture material that's, you know, as thin as a hair. I mean, incredibly fine suture material, very delicate little surgery to line this up. And not your average urologist or, you know, not all urologists do that work. I mean, if you're really going to get a reversal, you want to go to a dedicated microsurgeon, a urologist who's done a fellowship in infertility surgery and, and does these frequently because it's a very, it's very fine, delicate work. But sometimes you got to do something more complex where you're connecting the vas deferens back to the epididymis, you know, because there can be different levels of obstruction that, that, that occur over time after the vasectomy. And so the success rates can vary. Overall, even if success rates of you know, it depends on how you define success of a, of a reversal of a vasectomy. One can be just, well, do you get sperm back in the ejaculate? And those success rates might be 90%. But really, at the end of the day, if you look at pregnancy rates after reversal, you know, it's roughly around 50%. So getting, you know, so there are different definitions of success. So we do consider it permanent because reversal is not a given, although reversal is possible and in, t in another way of thinking of permanence uh, or, or durability uh, maybe of the of the vasectomy like, which i think you were getting at like it works at six months 12 months 18 months is it all of a sudden going to open up and you're reconnected spontaneously four five six seven years down the road that typically does not happen that's an it would be an ex extraordinarily unlikely thing to happen so if you get it done uh you know <laughs> One of our uh, one of our urologists, I think it was Dr. Perukums, you know, was talking on, on several episodes ago about it, an erection you can depend on. This is this is a this is a contraception you can depend on. It's very effective. Mm. And then the guys who have this done, <clears throat> they're gonna they're you know like any guy, they're gonna test their equipment. And you said that <laughs> there's actually a sperm analysis. So what should they expect? So a guy ejaculates. 
Um, has his orgasm changed? Is the output, the actual ejaculate itself, does it look different to him? So these are also very, very common questions. Yeah. And these are reasons why a lot of guys don't go to vasectomy because they think it's going to change them. And the fact of the matter is, is it, is it doesn't. It doesn't change sex drive, libido. It doesn't change the, the rigidity or, or any element of the erection. It does not change the sense of climax. So the orgasm and climax and pleasure is not changed. And then really getting down to the, the nitty gritty uh, or the nutty gritty, as one might say, it doesn't change the ejaculate. I mean, the volume of the ejaculate should be unchanged. The, the general uh, viscosity or appearance of the ejaculate really should not change. Again, getting back to some of our early anatomy discussions we've had on our radio show slash podcast here, um, 95 to 98% of the ejaculate is made by the seminal vesicles and the prostate. 2 to 5% of the ejaculate is made by the testicles, the actual sperm. So it really is a, a trivial amount in terms of the volume. So there shouldn't be any noticeable changes. And sometimes patients do say they, yeah, they think things are different or it's hard to say, is that, is that real or is it imagined? Is it almost not a placebo effect, but just a per perception because they know something has changed in their body. Is it a confounding variable? Is it, well, listen, people are getting older, you know, I get a vasectomy, you know, five years ago, our men's semen quality does change with time. So it may be, you know, maybe their semen has changed over time and they're attributing it to the vasectomy, but, but I don't really think that's real. Mm. And I've, I, you know, as a non-urologist, I've heard over the years um, uh, questions of potential, what we call like associated morbidity um, that, uh, and I don't, I don't know, is there any association at all with, with having a vasectomy and having an increased risk of coronary heart disease, testicular cancer, kidney stones, Anything like that? Yeah. You know, I think when you think about side effects, complications, or associated changes to your body that could come from this, you know, there's there's the immediate. So you get a vasectomy. What's the chance of having a problem? You know, bleeding, infection, side effects. Uh, there is the risk of any kind of chronic pain or any, anything you'll notice different in a different way physically about your body, the touch and feel or swelling or anything like that. And then there's these associations that you bring up in terms of heart disease or cancer or whatever. So I can, t I can certainly talk to that. In terms of complications, this is an incredibly safe procedure. The risk of bleeding is very low. Uh, sometimes there can be bruising. There's a little internal blood around the scrotum, which then results in the scrotum being black and blue. But, but heavy bleeding where it's coming out the wound or you have to, the urologist has to go back in there and stop bleeding, extremely, extremely rare, extremely rare. Mm. The risk of infection, extremely low. The risk of injury to the testicle itself so that the testicle gets smaller is not healthy, incredibly very, very rare. So meaningful complications, problems that arise from the procedure, you know, very, very low risk, um, almost negligible. Um, a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of soreness. It's not particularly painful, even though it's in such a incredibly sensitive area of the man's body. You know, a guy guys were very squeamish about, uh, you know, getting hit in the balls and that kind of pain and discomfort. You know, it's it's just not particularly painful. There's, you know, our, our my patient will come on. We can ask him about that. Um, and then it is true that about one percent of patients can report 
pain or uh, neuralgia or chronic pain long term, it's generally quoted about 1% in the literature. Uh, and that is a possibility. And that may be due to inflammation or nerve-related pain, perhaps congestion of the, the testicle and the epididymis from a backup, if you will, of sperm. And there are ways to treat that with anti-inflammatories or other medication and with, with high success rates when patients do. So it is possible to have you know, an, a, a chronic uh, pain syndrome, but it's, it's, not, it's not common. And then there have been studies looking at whether or not vasectomy is associated with any risk of prostate cancer or heart disease or testicular cancer or, or any other kind of um, major medical problem such as that. And the data just does not support that that is the case. So has it been looked at? Do people ask those questions? Yes. Uh, do I think there's any legitimate uh, association with those complications and those issues? I do not think so uh, whatsoever. Mm. Really, last question that I have on this, Lee, is um, any alternative uh, procedures or technology coming out? Sometimes you read about that there's a male contraceptive pill or something mm -hmm. else that, that may make this um, an older sort of way of doing things. Anything on the horizon? Um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right that there there's every now and then you do hear about a, a male contraceptive pill. So there's 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 that looming out there, although, you know, personal and, you know, it's again, as a man, you, when we, that's not part of our regular culture, we're not used to that concept. And I don't I don't right. particularly like the idea personally. And then then you think about about women and women uh, have carried that on their shoulders to take the pill with its associated hormonal changes and whatnot. But um, it's interesting, but in any event, there's nothing that I'm aware of that's anything particularly new or on the horizon uh, in this space. But uh, you know, maybe there will be, uh, you know, in the future. Let's jump into this with with uh, my patient. I think it'll be revealing. You know, we got the medical side of thing, the, the of things, the facts that we quote, etc. But I think uh, my patient is he's been willing to, and kind enough to join us. Uh, Mr. Johnson, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Good morning, Dr. Richstone. Good morning, Dr. Blacksburg. Good morning. How you doing? Good, happy good. Easter. Very good. Great day. Happy Easter. Day. Happy, happy Passover. Happy Easter. Yes. Indeed. All right. So let's jump into it. Why did you decide vasectomy versus other contraception? You're married, right? You're married. You have children? Yes, I do. And I am married. Correct. So well, why I, vasectomy? I decided basically to basically to do it for the uh, ease of use and peace of mind aspect of it. I just wanted something uh, we, my wife and I had decided, you know, that we were done having children and, uh, you know, the birth control was always an issue. And I just, you know, when you get to be our age, I'm in my mid forties. Uh, I, I have a lot of my plate, a lot of stuff to worry about. And I just wanted to, you know, not have to worry about this anymore. So, uh, you know, talked to my doctor and uh, decided that this was the best way to go. And and were you uh, nervous at all about it? Was it uh, something that sort of um, you'd been ruminating on for a while, or was it sort of you and your wife spoke about it? You spoke to your primary care, and you were ready to go. Well, I had spoken to uh, coworkers, friends who have had it done, and they were talking about it. Uh, you know, made a, made an appointment with my urologist, went in for a uh, physical exam. There was a Q and A period where, you know, he uh, was asking me questions and answering, I asking him questions, et cetera. And then there was the uh, Q 
Q&A period, I had to fill out some paperwork signing. And um, I wasn't embarrassed at all because I had, uh, you know, made up my mind. And it was it was essentially like any other medical exam that you go into. And, and no more embarrassing than, you know, going in for a colonoscopy. Is that true even like when you're on, you know, when you're on the the you know the, the patient table so you go into the office it's the day of procedure they they prep you and they put drapes on but you know your genitals are the sole part of your body that's exposed it's got to feel a little awkward right well it's definitely awkward uh, you know during the procedure i would say more awkward than the uh, exam with the physician because you know there's other people in the room and you know there's obviously a little joking going on etc to lighten the mood but you know it was very uh it wasn't wasn't a uh embarrassing or a nervous experience at all it was you know it was very uh it was very matter of fact mm. and and what was the what was the right after the procedure what was that like for you was there a lot of pain or bruising swelling or did uh, did things sort of well, heal quickly I, I, the, yeah the, the procedure itself uh you know the actual cutting and uh you know the procedure was probably shorter than the amount of time that i was waiting and getting ready to go onto the table to tell you the truth. I was, I was kind of amazed how quickly it went. And um, my wife was with me, so she drove me home. Um, I had the procedure on like a Thursday, stayed home for work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, went back to work Monday. And, uh, you know, the, the pain, there, was, there wasn't there was really any, you know, major pain. It was, you know, you're, you're walking around gingerly and, uh, you know, sitting on the couch with uh, the bag of frozen peas you know, to, to, to lighten the, uh, the, the, the thing, but nothing, nothing major. I will say there was significant amount of, uh, bruising the, uh, the area, you know, it turned, you know, like a dark shade of purple. And, uh, I did call my physician to uh, find out if that was normal. And once he, you know, told me it was, it was, it was pretty much, and then, you know, I would say probably about it all cleared up maybe like about a week later, by the following Saturday was so everything was back to normal. And, you know, it was, it was, it was very, you know, very, very, uh, it was, you know, quick and easy. It was, you know, it was very, you know, amazing how, how fast it was. Any process. changes whatsoever to your sex drive, erections, orgasm, the semen, anything different? Or like when you just touch yourself or examine yourself, can you feel any thickening or clip or do you feel like where they did it? Um, no, not at all. Actually, uh, I will say that the one thing that has changed is the, you know, the freedom of just knowing that this is, you know, that I'm in complete control of, you know, my, my destiny and there's not going to be any oops situations. You know, it's, it's very, very, uh, liberating and, you know, peaceful to know that this is just not going to be an issue that I'm ever going to have to worry about again. It's very, 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 uh, you know, comforting to know that I will say that was the best part about all the whole experience. Folks, we're, we're chatting about I mean, vasectomies, and it, please call 844-GUY-TIPS with any questions you have. Um, just to wrap it up, would you do it again, Mr. Johnson? Absolutely. No no question about it. It was uh, you know, probably one of the most decisions that I regret least in my life, and I would you know, have no qualms about doing it again. Awesome. Thanks so Thanks much so for much. joining us. I think we covered it all. Guys, consider it. 
you know, it's, we got to play our part too. It's not just for, for our women partners to, to shoulder this responsibility. Everyone have a wonderful holiday weekend. Health Radio presented by Northwell Health with Drs. Rich Doan and Blacksburg. Tune in next Sunday at 8 a.m. To schedule a time with the doctors about your men's health needs, call 844-GUY-TIPS. Submit your questions to 710WOR.com slash hanging out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.